Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KIN. Jordan Lewis and join me today. I have Chief Ed Mercer for the JPD. At least you are currently still the chief. But how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Jordan. Thanks for having me here today. It's always nice to have you on. Now, like I sort of teased out there, you're actually getting ready to retire at the end of the month. Yeah, that is coming right up. I think I have less than eight days in office, and I'm going to be retiring from the General Police Department. And so I guess my first question for you is, how does that feel for you knowing that you know, you're getting ready to leave JPD and you've been there for you know, pretty good time? And you, I mean, you've been in law enforcement for a, quite a significant period of time. On one side, I think I'm pretty excited about this new endeavor and chapter in my life. But on the other, you know, I, as you said, I've been in law enforcement for a long time. So it's going to be, um, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to fill that change as far as it goes. But I'm, I'm excited about it and uh, my family's excited about it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's time for me to move on to that next chapter. And what is that next chapter looking like for you? Well, right now, I'm just uh, basically going into retirement and, uh, and and enjoying a little bit of time off. And you know, I'm I still um, uh, wanting to go out and do things in the community and and those types of things. So I'm just kind of playing it by ear right now, as far as it goes. Okay, but you'll be sticking around, Juno. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm I I've been born and raised in Southeast Alaska, and I want to stay in Southeast Alaska. Okay, because I'm sure that was a question on a lot of folks' minds. This question on my mind was whether or not you were going to be staying here locally. No, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty much set up here in Juneau, and like I said, I grew up in this region and really enjoy southeast Alaska, and I don't see us leaving anytime soon. Okay. And now one of my questions for you now, now that we've sort of talked about you getting ready to leave, is obviously there's been that increase in recruitment efforts for JPD. I understand, I think it was uh, toward the end of last month, there was you were recording some recruitment videos, from my understanding? Yeah, we hired a vendor uh, by the name of Epic. And matter of fact, my staff's over there interacting with their staff right now as far as um, working forward with marketing and how we're going to roll this all out. But they came here last month and videoed uh, the staff and, and and images of Juno really try to sell and brand the organization. And we're trying to do that. We're trying to uh, get our name out there, let people know what to expect. They're going to be coming into Juno and live, living in this uh, wonderful community. And uh, we're hoping that we'll get more, we'll get more interest in applicants as far as being able to reach out and touch people who are considering joining law enforcement, especially in Alaska. Gotcha. And then maybe as a reminder for myself as well as the listeners, how many officers down is JPD currently? Currently we're down 14. We just uh, hired a brand new entry level officer who will be going off to the academy here um, in a week. As a matter of fact, we'll be swearing that new officer officer in um, uh, on Thursday. And um, we have another incoming lateral officer that we hired from Florida. It's been a deputy sheriff um, down down in Florida for, I believe, about five years. So we're excited to have her on board. Um, she'll be coming up here at the end of August. Okay. So we're still working on filling that in, but we, we are taking some – we have two at least that are filling in now. Yeah, you know, and – the unfortunate thing about it, the good thing is is that we're getting we're we're picking up a few a few new officers. The bad thing is that it takes so long to get them so that their boots on the ground and they could actually go out there and we could put them in 
deployment on their own as their own standalone officer out there. So with a lateral, I mean, it'll be a little bit faster opposed to entry level. They have to go through the police academy. Both of them will have to go through the field training part of it, but having some experience really expedites that. Gotcha. And I would always argue that it's good that we would that they get that training and recruitment because that allows for them to be better officers once they are out in the field. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the big key thing is that we need well-trained police officers to serve our community and go out and do the job every single day. And it just, I mean, that helps in so many different avenues in regards to if you're coming into the department, you're going to be a well-trained um, in, in the job that we hire you for. And, um, you know, that's going to excel their services that they provide to the public. Gotcha. And now another question that I would have is, and this sort of ties into some things that happened uh, yesterday, which was that there was that missing person that the state troopers did end up releasing an, an update about. And maybe I just wanted your take on that situation. You know, I, uh, because this was a uh, search and rescue initial, somebody missing in our community, um, it, the, the first initial response is going to be the, the Alaska State Troopers and Sea Dogs going out trying to locate the person and whatnot. But I think what we learn time and time again is that if you're going to be going out to any um, out in rural Alaska, going on the water, going up the mountain, that you should have some sort of plan put in place. And that plan should include letting people know where you're going, when you, when you anticipate coming back. And, you know, having all your survival and safety gear. I mean, it's not like you're going just downtown Juneau and wandering around and going back home. You're going to be going out in the wilderness, and there's a lot of exposure out there as far as it goes. So I think there's a lot of things that you could put in place to at least um, um, some safety nets for you if you're going to go out and enjoy the outdoors and whatnot because um, it only it doesn't take too much um, for it to become dire. And unfortunately, we do see those on occasion. Okay. And then maybe we can take some of this time to be, maybe what are some of those other sort of safety tips that you would give out to people? Well, I, I think I kind of mentioned it as far as it goes. I mean, if you're going to be going out in the wilderness, you're going to you, dress in layers. I mean, that's one of the things I've learned that's growing up in southeast Alaska. It rains. We have all, right now we've been getting some really nice weather. Um, have have all your supplies, have flashlights, have uh, safety gear with you, and all those type of things. But I think really the important part of it is, is this uh, mindset of understanding that when you're out there, you're going to be out there by yourself. And sometimes getting assistance takes a little while for you to um, get that assistance if you're in need of help or uh, something goes sideways on you out there. So um Planning appropriately, understanding that you're going to be out there in, in an area where a lot of people are not going to be, and things can happen really rapidly out there. And when they do, unfortunately, hopefully you have uh, things in place that will help you get out of that if that happens. Okay. Now, my, ne- my next question for you is, have, is there anything that's been going on in the community as of late that you feel like we should talk about? Like anything notable recently? Obviously, that's why I want to talk about, you know, the missing person situation. But I also know that there can be things beyond what I've seen. Well, I mean, I think we have, we have ongoing things going on in our community that uh, that is that sometimes is very concerning. I mean, depending on what area of community you live in, there might be more more crime going on in in those particular areas. And uh, 
one of the things I would say, you know, uh, for the community when you're out there, although uh, you, 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 there's always this assumption that maybe we don't know about it, although our officers are out there driving around every day going on calls for service and whatnot. But, you know, um, being involved in the community and reporting these type of things, and sometimes those reports feel like they go nowhere. But uh, over time, if we continue to get those type of reports, it kind of ramps it up for us going, hey, look, we're getting a lot of reports in this part of our community that maybe we need to start paying attention to as far as that goes. So for the most part, I think we're doing we're doing pretty good. We're in the summertime, you know, with the tourist industry ramped up, uh, a lot of people coming, going out in our community. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing significant just jumping out to me. Certainly we had a significant case uh, a week ago, a week or so ago, where we had a shooting. But, you know, I think we, we, we responded to that quickly and were able to uh, identify who was involved and and um, took the appropriate action on that. But for the most part, I think we're doing, we're doing pretty good in the community. Um, uh, and just we need community involvement to continue to help us do our job as far as it goes. And I get the frustration when you call the police and you feel nothing may have happened, but we do take that information and we use it and we use it at key times. A lot of times. Gotcha. And I think that's important is acknowledging that that level of community involvement does play a role, even if it doesn't seem like it initially, because there can be some of that disconnect where it's like, oh, I've made this report, but now I'm not seeing anything being done. Why is something not being done when in the reality of that situation, there's a longer process at play? Yeah. Like, I mean, one of the things that come to mind is like, um, we know that any sort of drugs coming into our community is usually a nexus for crime and it increases crime, especially in those types of property crimes, retail theft, um, we see it ramp up and whatnot. Um, we get reports all the time from the community about suspicious, suspicious activity maybe pertaining to drugs coming in or being sold in the community. I worked the drug unit during my time, and um, believe me, we look at all that information, and again, we use that information at key times, um, and sometimes it's not just not right now comes at a later time if you're working an active case of people bringing drugs into the community that takes some time and it isn't because we don't know or don't care about it we know um, a lot of information that we get we follow up on look at it and try to build cases when when we can with those Gotcha. Well, we are going to move into our break. When we come back, I'll talk to you maybe a bit more on that front, as well as how the, the cruise season kind of impacts things with JPD. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And welcome back. You are still listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio, I have the chief of the Juneau Police Department, Ed Mercer. Now, back in the first half, we closed the segment kind of beginning to talk about you know, how now that we're in sort of cruise ship season, you know, we have more folks coming in and that can be a busy time of year. How does the cruise ships being in Juneau impact things for JPD? Believe it or not, it really doesn't cause a big uh, increase in work. I mean, we, we have a lot of people that come into our community and, and our officers are in the downtown area and our staff or community service officers are down there as well. And, uh, you know, we're we're 
typically approached by, you know, the people getting off the cruise ships is asking questions about maybe where to go, where they're at, um, those type of things. On occasion, we do have, we get a call for service, um, but it's, it's very seldom that that does happen. It does happen, but it doesn't happen at the, at the high number that anybody would think of, especially with the uh, amount of people coming and going from the community. So um, for the most part, it, 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 we're, not, we're not necessarily seeing that as a, as a major pull on, on JPD per se. But we are there, and we do want to make sure that we show a presence down in that area where the business district of, of the community and are one of them, and certainly um, uh, help people and assist people and just see the presence of the police when, when we're out and about down in the downtown area. Okay. And I think it's interesting you saying that, you know, it ends up not really having as much of an impact, especially when you factor in, you know, some days with the number of cruise ship passengers we're having, we've almost, you know, added another 66% of Juno's, you know, standard population in just for a single day at a time. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, I think our dispatch center is probably really busy because they're also dispatching uh, the fire department, the ambulance crew that probably get quite a bit of calls for service and um, a lot more than JPD on that. But, um, you know, that, that part of the organization is staying pretty active with that amount of people coming in uh, for a call for service and dispatching police or fire to the call and whatnot. But uh, for, the, for the police side of things, I mean, the mere fact that we're just down there doing what we do typically and certainly, um, you know, those calls do come in on occasion, but they're not at the level that one would think. Okay. Well, now that means they'll just have to try and get someone from dispatch and here to do the show one of these days and get their perspective on it at all. Yeah. Now, I want to circle back to a bit of our conversation from the first half where we were talking about, you know, doing those community reports and why those are important and impactful. And one of those things I talked about is, you know, there is that, you know, there's the process that goes into that. It's not just someone puts it in and then, you know, you guys get to it and then nothing happens out of it. There's a big, there's a lot more process out of there where it's like you get it, but you have to work on it in a certain time frame because there's a lot of things going on at any one given time. Well, I, like I mean, yeah, there's two, there's several different ways that we get reports coming into the police department. One is the, you know, the, the traditional way somebody picks up a phone and calls the communication center and re- makes a report or passes on information that they think is um, something that needed to, that we need to know about and those type of things. Then we do online reporting, and um, you know, where somebody is able to go online and, and make a, a report. Uh, of uh, a crime, maybe a, a hit and run, uh, a traffic complaint, a variety of type of things. And we have civilian investigators that get those reports and they go through it. So it isn't like it's just coming in and we're not doing anything with it. We have either a dispatcher taking that call for service and dispatching a police officer if it's something that needs immediate assistance or we're going to send an officer to it to investigate, to a civilian investigator going through all those those uh, online reports, and then we get Juno Crime Line, and we get tips from them that come in uh, anonymously from the public, and um, we sometimes take that information and use it towards um, something that's going on in our community or tips that are being provided to us that sometimes we use to our advantage. So there's just many different ways that we get 
this information coming in. That's why, I, you know, I, that's why I said it's important for the community to be involved and make those reports, even though sometimes it feels like it, they didn't get a response or or immediate action that they thought they were going to get as far as it goes. Those things are always in the works. Gotcha. I feel like that desire for that like immediate response is emblematic of you know, sort of larger things with what's going on. And so I don't think that's you know wholly exclusive to just the police department because I know it can be that that sort of similar way with with news content. People want it you know immediately when in reality that just isn't going to happen sometimes because things take time. And so I feel like the more that you brought up you know you guys do see it and you do work on it is helpful to reestablish in you know the minds of both the listening audience and anyone that might be you know listening to this later that it is it, that those reports they're seen they're acknowledged they're not just you know filed somewhere because someone put it in you know and that's important because it also helps to further establish and build trust with the community and yourself yeah I mean, I mean, I've talked about this several, I mean, over the years of being the chief and talking with you, we talked about how we capture crime data. And um, if it's unreported, we, we assume it, it doesn't happen. So um, the data that we're able to pro- provide in our crime reporting is data that we got incoming to the agency and, and, and show that we received it for one and two, in some cases, resolved it. So, um, I mean, that perspective is really important as far as people understanding it's it's important to report things to JPD. And I think the community in a, in a whole does that and does it quite well. But it's just a good reminder when you see something over and over and you think, well, they're, they're just not going to deal with it or they te- they're too busy. Uh, I mean, we're only as good as the information that's coming towards us. We have field officers out there that see it, and if they see it, self-initiate contact. That does happen on occasion, but the calls for service and stuff coming in is very important. Gotcha. And I, and I think that's the, you know a perfect way to put it is if you, you need the data to know what's going on. If you don't have the information, then there's only so much you can really do. Yeah. I mean, we can't assume, correct? I mean, it's, it's, I mean people would... I mean, you assume maybe something's going on, um, but it's it's just helpful to get that information, that that participation from the community. Right. You've reminded me of there's the there's a particular saying about assumptions that I will not repeat on air, but I think you and I, you know the exact one that I'm thinking of, and I think that that's important that we don't make those assumptions because that's when you end up in those situations that do cause police departments in other parts of the country to get into a very bad sense with the public and with you know news media presentation because there was this assumption or this jump to something without you know proper due diligence beforehand. Oh, absolutely. Uh, education is key, and and trying to tell people um, this is what we have to deal with, some of the rules we have to follow, especially in the criminal justice system. Some people scratch their head on the criminal justice system, but there is a protocol, and there are rules, and, and there's the Constitution, and there's all these different things we have to abide by, which we should be, and uh, and uh, they're put in place for, for a reason, but sometimes uh, they, they could be somewhat frustrating. Definitely. As I always say, rules and laws exist for a reason. If they weren't, they are there because something happened prior that warranted them being there in the first place. Now, what I do want to say, I do want to wish you the best in your retirement in the event I don't get a chance to see you or talk to you again before you leave the department. But I did want to also thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. 
Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate being on here and, and all the times uh, that I've been on Canoy Action Line. I do appreciate everything you guys provide and gives us that that uh, avenue to get out to the community and, and tell them what we're doing and talk about a lot of the good things we do and, and um, um, more to come with that. There's going to be somebody else in the seat at some point. That there will. Well, thank you, Chief Mercer, for coming on and talking to me. You've all been listening to Action Line on KIN 